I'm Dee Cantrum. And I'm Gigi Lage, and this is Sidetracked, a podcast for movie lovers. Since the Oscars are upon us in just a few days, we wanted to do a little mini-sode where we review a few of the nominees for Best Picture this year. So we're about to review Belfast, Dune, King Richard, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. If you haven't seen all or any of those movies, don't worry, we got you covered. Go check out our awards season movie bundle giveaway where you can enter to win on our social media websites like Instagram, Facebook, or our official website, sidetrack.stream, where we're giving away bundles that include all five movies to two lucky winners. All right, Deke, if you're ready, let's begin with Belfast, directed by Kenneth Branagh. It's a story of a nine-year-old named Buddy. He's growing up in Belfast when there's a lot of riots breaking out in his communities over religion, Protestant versus Catholic. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Of course you enjoyed it. You're Irish. I am drawn to that. I do like those storylines. So for me, I was very invested in the story. And I'm not a Kenneth Branagh fan. I find him to be boring and safe. I didn't like his Thor movie. I didn't like his Cinderella movie. I don't like his Shakespeare adaptations. I haven't liked any of his movies. And this one I liked. And this one I would suggest to people. I love the black and white photography. It was the DP he works with on Death on the Nile and Murder on the Orient Express. And it was beautiful to look at. The only time color was used was during scenes of escapism. Like when he's at the movie theater. Anytime he wasn't locked in on the miserable life that he had. It was all black and white besides those few color scenes. Was this a depressing film, you would say? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. His parents are arguing nonstop. His dad works not near home. So he just comes back for spells at a time. They're super poor. And on top of that, windows and cars are being exploded because no one's getting along and there's complete unrest going on in Belfast. It's interesting to watch the movie from a nine-year-old's perspective too. There's scenes in there where he has a crush on a girl that lives in his neighborhood and he doesn't understand why he's not allowed to talk to her because she's Catholic and he's Protestant. So it's interesting to see the world from that low of an angle from a nine-year-old's perspective. The music was good. Van Morrison, who was born in Ireland also, keeping the home flavor. Jamie Doran from Fifty Shades of Grey in a black and white movie. You're shaking your head. You don't like that joke? (laughs) No, Um, I don't. And it's always good to see Judy Dench. She plays the grandmother. Good performances all around. I love being proven wrong. I'm not a fan of him as a director. He's been in some good movies lately as an actor, especially lately. But I think his directing is bland soup. (laughs) And I like this one. Will you come back to this movie? I'll all? come back for one more. Okay. Yeah, it's not on on Schindler's list of black and white depressing Damn. levels, but being told from a nine-year-old's perspective, he doesn't know to get bogged down on all the crap that's raining over top of him in his neighborhood. So there's moments of him just playing games or, or asking funny questions from a nine-year-old's perspective. So there are some funny comedic beats, some uplifting beats in the movie, but it's again told pretty much through Buddy. Everyone else is not getting along, but that's being an adult, I guess. I forgot to mention this. This is Brenneth's most personal movie. And from some of the interviews I've watched with him, it sounds like this movie was very, very heavily based on his childhood. Probably should have started off with that and led off with that. <laughs> All right. So this is, I guess, based on him. He's Irish. He is. Okay. And then he moved to England. Okay, so there's that. Yeah. <laughs> it was being told by a director at a very interesting time in, in the human race, I will also say, too. Mm-hmm. So All right. it's a good reflection story. We're moving on to Dune, directed by Denis Villeneuve. This is part one of a planned two-movie story. 
This is not a remake of the David Lynch 1984 movie, and it claims to be closer to the source material, the 1965 novel by Frank Herbert. It's got glorious sets, beautiful locations, and a kick-ass cast, but also has a dense plot that I'm not sure a lot of average viewers will be interested in. This was a long one. Yeah, running time of 156 minutes. I am a huge Denny Villeneuve Mm -hmm, fan. mm -hmm. I love Enemy, Prisoner, Sicario. Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, he's a rock star director, so I was expecting a lot going into this movie. I think the movie's okay. I think the movie's okay. Here's the problem. I think a lot of our listeners are sci-fi fans. So I'm going to come off like a complete D-bag saying this, but I don't read books. I can't go by previous interpretations and I can't go by books. I have to go by Mm -hmm. what I saw up on the screen. I did like the movie and I will definitely say the second time around when I watched it, I understood the politics a little bit more. You got to really understand who is on what side and what that means and why people fight for what they fight for. It's dense. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. I don't know how much fun I had watching it. I'm going to make up my official decision once I've seen part two. Copy that. Yeah. I saw it. I saw it once. Yeah. It was stunning. Okay. And it has one of my favorite actresses right now. Okay. Zendaya. Oh, it's got an insane cast. It does. I mean, the cast is... Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, Dave Bautista, and Stellan Skarsgård. The cast is great. The mm-hmm. sets were amazing. It looked great. It sounded great. It felt big, like it was supposed to. Yeah, uh, I know. I know a lot of people said it was something to behold up on the big screen. So I'm sorry I missed it up on, on maybe that type of presentation. Maybe I would have been more enveloped. But for right now, I'm giving it an okay. That's all I can say for it. I had a weird first movie going experience watching this movie. Going into it, Warner Brothers only showed trailers that had insane amounts of action in them. Wait, what? Yeah, that's all the trailers had. Going into this movie, the amount of action that was portrayed in the trailers, I was like expecting The Raid Part 3 or something. And so when it turned out to be a soap opera set in space, I, I I I was really confused. I didn't understand where all the stuff that I'd seen in the trailers had gone. And I guess once you spurtle a two and a half minute trailer of action over the course of three hours, it can start to look like it's not that action packed because I think all the action scenes were in the trailer and that was it. (laughs) Maybe it's going to take me a couple more viewings to catch up to it. I'll say that. Maybe it's my fault. I went in with bad preconceived notions. You did. Yeah. So that's on me. You were expecting Mad Max. Fury Road. All right, moving on. Any Hold last on. thoughts on Dune? Hold on. We are going to have a Fury Road <laughs> podcast, you and me. We are. We're going to have this argument. We are. We're, we're going to watch We're going to watch the Chrome version, and then we're going to have That's fine. an episode. Okay. All right. Hey, that topic is going to come up in a couple seconds, but go oh, ahead. Awesome. All right, moving on. King Richard, directed by Rinaldo Marcus Green. About Richard Williams, the father and coach of Venus and Serena Williams, mm-hmm, two of mm-hmm. tennis's greatest athletes. Some say the greatest of all time in the sport. Uh, I liked it. I am not a Will Smith fan. I'm not familiar with the director, I'll be honest with you. So really the name calling me into this movie was Will Smith. Okay. But what about Venus and Serena Williams? I worked with Serena for years. And it is interesting to watch her being portrayed as a young kid at the beginning of what would ultimately become one of the most magical careers in an athlete's of all history. So I haven't seen this is this about their lives or is this about their father? It is about Richard. 
And he is a very unconventional father where while he was coaching the girls and they're playing in Compton. So there's all this like these gangs going around and beat up Richard in front of his kids while he's just trying to get them all into the van. And he's got five girls that he's the father of. Jesus. And they're all out there doing their homework while Serena and Venus mm-hmm. are out there playing on the courts with gang violence happening around him. So anyways, back to what I was talking about. He had basically laid out their entire career. And so they start becoming noticed. They start these specific levels of training with professional trainers. And okay. he won't let the girls compete. And the whole mm-hmm. movie's about people saying, you're going the wrong direction. You're doing the wrong things. Things end up happening pretty much the way he had planned it. It is interesting to see that, yes, what he said eventually came true. But man, the ways he did it were like, so unconventional to the point where I'm going to give away one small scene. He is meeting with some people that could drastically change his daughter's life and career and financial status in life. These insanely important people. And as a way to prove a point to them, he ends this meeting by farting and then getting up and leaving. (laughs) You're watching this movie and he's doing some things where you're smacking your forehead like, dude, what are you doing? But it's also at the same time, he's a genius. Will Smith? No. Well, we can get to that performance yeah, in a second. I would love but, to get to but that. But the character of Richard is not only insane, but he's also a genius. So it's in that aspect, it's fascinating mm-hmm. to watch in that capacity. And then also to see the career of these very important people in, mm-hmm. in, very in important. sports history for a lot of reasons. You wanted to talk about Will Smith's performance. I'm not a fan of him at all. I think he has railroaded his good talent into a crappy career that has barely blips of what I would consider quality movies. I think you might be taking him like too seriously. I mean, this is the Fresh just, Prince of Bel-Air. Hold on. Stop. Come on. He, he wrote, he wrote a no. song about Miami. <laughs> This is a much larger conversation, but he has purposely taken paychecks and not done anything. There's no art to what he does. Right. So that That being being said, said, okay, mm -hmm. transitioning into this movie, which he produced, I believe Serena and Venus both produced this movie also. Okay. Sometimes when I see that the real life people are producers on the movie, I tend to almost question how much of a squeeze they have on the stories. Famously, Bohemian Rhapsody was not allowed to get into the real good juicy stuff because it was Mm -hmm. being produced by their surviving members and they had to sign off on everything. So I I question that. But there are some scenes in there where not everyone's shown in the best of light sometimes. They don't go too deep into it, but there's some touch points in there. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, But Will Smith's performance was fantastic and i know he's getting all the accolades for the award seasons right now and he does deserve it but i will say that the two girls who played his daughters unbelievable they're so good at acting and really really pulling your heartstrings but then i didn't do any homework on these girls but i i'm and that seems weird that i would say that but anyways i'm assuming <laughs> that they play tennis in real life because they are so fantastic in what i guess are the action sequences but the scenes where they're playing tennis are just heart-pounding scenes, and they're, they're killer. And the woman who plays his wife, Anjanue Elise, man, she is unbelievable as his wife, almost better than he is in the role. They just don't give her as much spotlight. There's a scene when Richard's trying to teach a kid a lesson, and he takes off in the van without him, and he leaves the kids there, and she leans into him. It literally feels like every single mother 
that, you know what I mean? That has ever had it out with her husband for making the wrong decision to teach her kids the wrong way. She flips out on him on the most perfect way. And so that scene's great. And there's some other scenes in there too, where she just destroys. She's fantastic. That's awesome. John Bernthal is in there and I will always watch one of his performances. He's fantastic in the movie. I hate using this term a lot, but I will also say it's a very inspirational movie. Mm-hmm. I will also say that. Okay. Yeah. I love it. There's a scene in there where Will Smith, and I think this is probably the scene that they're going to play during the Oscars when they name off everyone's name and then they play like a little clip from the movie. There's a scene there, scene in there when he's talking to Venus when he finally allows Venus to play her first big game. And he's talking to her and she's got braces in her teeth and she's got tears in her eyes and he's talking to her and he's got tears in his eyes and he's giving this talk to her about not just representing herself or the family. She's going to be the first black girl Mm -hmm. to go to this type of level in this sport ever. And so he's talking about the importance of that representation too. That scene really caught me up the importance of her going to this game and also having a fantastic career and her sister to have a career. I will say, just to backtrack, the movie is more about Venus than Serena, just for the record. All right, moving on. That's all I have to say about King Richard. 10 hours later. All right, Sorry. moving on. Nightmare Alley, directed by Guillermo del Toro. This is a remake of a 1947 movie of the same title. I have not seen the original. That's, that's a very remember. early movie. Yeah. It's on the Criterion channel right now, and okay. I'm tempted to watch it. I would love to watch it. Yeah. I wonder um, if it's the same plot. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> we'll find out. This one, it's kind of hard to explain this one, to be honest with you. You saw this movie, right? Yes, I saw this movie. Okay. It definitely deserves another rewatch for okay. me. I want to touch on that in a second. Okay. Amazing cast. Bradley Cooper, Willem Dafoe, Tony Collette, Kate Blanchett, Richard Jenkins, Ron Perlman, Rooney Mara, Mary Steenburgen. So many. Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's good. And I will say everyone's fantastic. Tony Collette is probably easily top five actors working for me right now. I think she is unbelievable and she's great in this movie. I love Kate Blanchett and Bradley Cooper. I thought was fantastic in this movie. So you saw this movie twice. I have. And it got way better the second time. I actually am not sure I liked it the first time. And then when I went back and saw it the second time, oh man, there were some things that were clicking that really had me going. What was your favorite or most memorable part? There's something I noticed in the sound design this time. Hmm. There's a thing that Kate Blanchett does. Let me backtrack a second. This movie deals a lot with manipulation. I noticed that theme Throughout the movie, it's not done by just one person. So it's very interesting to see how manipulation plays into this movie. But there's something that Kate Blanchett does that includes a a certain piece of sound design. And I didn't pick up on it the first time. And so once you notice what it is, when you watch the movie the second and third and whatever amount of times I'm going to see it going into the future, I'm going to be picking up on a lot more of those subtleties that now really become the genius of the movie. There's a lot of stuff like that. And then there's also just being able to pick apart the themes. Once you know the ending of the movie and once you know how everything's going to turn out, you can go back and just say, oh, okay, this means something completely different now, now that I know traits of people's personality. Right. So this is another movie that deserves a repeat viewing. Yeah, this one for sure. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to have to give it another shot. Yeah, you have to. I loved the look of this movie. The DP was Dan Lawson. He did Shape of Water, which I also love the look of. Love that movie. Yeah. Adore. Just like we were talking about before with Black and White, 
Del Toro has put out a couple of black and white versions into some very select theaters. And I've heard that this movie plays even better because it this is definitely del toro's noir with his staple touches of violence that's the horror director Mm -hmm. coming out in him he doesn't flinch or hold back on those scenes which is great for me but it definitely catches you off guard which i love but i'd love for them to eventually put it out on home video i don't know if he's going to keep it exclusive to theaters but i think this movie would look fantastic as a black and white version so interesting yeah you were talking about Love that it. with uh, Fury Road, so just mm. want to bring that back. Oh, got it. Your fave. Last but not least, West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to hear you say that. I have a very glowing review for this movie. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> well, I always immediately question remakes, and you have to prove to me why it needs to be done. I don't understand half the remakes that come out these days. So when I heard that they were making a remake of West Side Story, I immediately was like, okay, why? And then when I heard it was Spielberg that was doing it, I really questioned it. It's so far removed from what he normally does that I was very confused by that announcement. I was absolutely blown away by this movie. I loved it. I loved everything about it. What did you love? I definitely loved the look. It was his normal DP. It's Kaminsky, who he's been working with for years Every one of his movies looks so different than the previous one. He was really refracting the light and the lenses on certain scenes, and it just looked, lens layers get overused sometimes, but I thought it just looked magical in this movie. I thought it was really good. Plus, they shot this movie on film, so it had that real organic texture and look to it. The look of the movie, I thought, did its own thing while still complementing the original. And I will say not just the look of the movie and the fact that the film looked like that, the lighting looked like that, but I also felt the dialogue was its own thing, but also complemented the original. The music and the dancing, it could have very dangerously been some kind of weird updated... There's a lot more technical dancing going on Mm -hmm. nowadays. And so if there was to be an updated version of West Side Story, I could see it very easily in the wrong hands being updated and being laughable. I felt like the dance sequences in this movie were complementary of the original, but doing their own thing. But then on top of that, I guess musicals aren't always my favorite genre. Mm -hmm. A lot of times out of nowhere, they just start going into these dance routines and i'm like for what out of nowhere why this breaks what kind of wall for what reason i don't i'm not sure why but in this movie when you go into a dance sequence the dance sequence actually is still telling a part of the story totally, there's yeah. a scene in there where the main character is trying to keep a weapon away from his other friends but the dance that they do is him actually keeping the weapon away but it's still part of the routine of the dance and it's a really cool dance sequence right there's a point in the way it's choreographed the dance sequences to me still made a lot of sense which blew me away too and they're amazing and they're shot incredibly well i kept trying to figure out how they were doing all the camera moves there's some one takers in there that are on freaking believable freaking cool but beyond that it's the reset factor that's what blows me away the camera work and the camera tricks that was more entertaining than the rest of the movie but the rest of the movie i really enjoyed but the camera tricks is what i was glued to yeah this movie was super cool It was also cool to see Rita Moreno come back. Normally, when they bring people back for cameos like that, it feels very forced. She fit in very naturally. Had some for the lovers of the original, some for the new generation. It was good. Oh, also, the main actress, Rachel Ziegler, Mm -hmm. she's playing the new Snow White. Oh, really? Yeah. I really liked her as Maria. I agree. Well, you'll be seeing her singing to forest animals soon. Cool. 
Did we just review these movies in any type of order? Alphabetical. Alphabetical. Okay, yeah. so this isn't from like... A ranking your, standpoint? Right. Your no. best. Okay. How would you rank these? Uh, that's a good question. Okay. W- am I starting from lowest to top? However you want to start. Oof, this is tough. All right. I'm going to make a very controversial decision here. Here we go. This ain't, this is not going to. Hold on. You have to tell us. Are you starting? I'm going to say, okay, we're starting at the lowest. Okay. And that, that is no reflection on this movie at all. I'm just saying from my personal viewing experience. It's going to be Dune, isn't it? It's just. Is it Dune? It's Dune. All right. Unfortunately. It's okay. That's fine. But I would like to point out that this list is a top five out of the top 10. Not according to me, but the top 10 movies that are going to be up for Best Picture this year in the Oscars. So number five, Dune. What's number four? I feel like I should defend that decision on Dune a little bit more, but I won't. Okay. If these, these are these were are, in order, then you can defend the but, decision. Did you almost reach over and choke me? Listen yes. to me. Hey, these are tough decisions to make. These are five great movies. I have to say right, that. Right. Of course. Okay. We get it. I feel bad saying this. I'm going to have to go number four, Belfast. Okay. I am going by repeatability. I'm telling you that right now. Okay. That's fair. That's where I'm at in my life right now. That's fine. Not what I think is the most classy case example. I'm going by rewatchability. Something I can come back and I can get through a couple All more right. times. So Belfast number four. Mm-hmm. What's number three? King Richard. Okay. Yes. Right in the middle. It's a right in the middle kind of movie. I'll be honest with you. It is. I like it, but it's... Oh, here's the thing. <laughs> Dune is technically a thousand times better of a movie by a long shot. But sitting down for a three-hour soap opera is a tough ask versus I find King Richard a very inspirational and fun movie. I will definitely say it. the tennis sequences have me glued. So it was fun to watch. These are tough decisions. <laughs> I don't want judgment on this. Honestly, I really don't. That's why I put them in alphabetical order. I feel avoid like they're this. not that tough, but it's fine. Oh, dear God. All right. Disagree. We're going to go ahead and we're going to say number two is West Side Story. Yeah. I can read your mind. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. It's fun. And I feel comfortable showing it to a lot of different people. I'm real big on camera tricks and this movie sold me. I got my money's worth. I didn't pay anything for it, but I got my money's worth. Are you going to buy the vinyl? <sighs> no. No, no, no. All right. Number no. one. Nightmare Alley. This movie made a huge jump for me in the second viewing. Just like the the circus that's portrayed in the movie, it's got a lot of sideshows that stop off. There's a lot of going on in the plot that for the first time you're watching it. There's a lot of things happening you're, and a lot of people. It's kind of like watching a tennis match too closely. You're going left, you're going right, you're going left, you're going right. Kind Man, I'm, like making all, I'm tying a lot of things in here. Watching Nightmare Alley a second time is like, you know how you cheat in mazes where you start at the end and just go backwards? No. Oh. you? What are you talking about? Cheat in mazes where you start at the end? Who does that? Kids. No. Yeah, that's like a thing. Like a corn maze? No, like on the in the newspaper, no. which I guess I'm talking Why? to nobody because no one's going to know what a newspaper is. But anyways... Well. We're getting a little off size. Yeah, I don't know we're what getting, you're talking we're getting about. Getting but anyways. <laughs> in the newspaper, all the mazes that but you play. I, okay, and Nightmare Alley. I don't know what other <laughs> catchphrase to say to get to explain it. But anyways, Nightmare Alley gets better the second time. That maze reference went nowhere with you. <laughs> <sighs> right. It didn't. Okay. Well, anyways, that's my rankings. I hated that reference. I feel like you could have done better. <laughs> it's a good metaphor. 
You've never, I'm going to have to get you a maze to show you how you start at the end and you go backwards. Who wants to do that? If the maze is too challenging, the first. Oh, so it's for people who can't complete the maze from the beginning. No, it's just once you know the ending, it helps. It helps you see the layouts. I got it. I got it. Oh, man. I know where you're going with this. Okay. Well, we want to thank Movies Anywhere for making this episode possible. If you want to be a proud owner of all the five movies that we just reviewed, here's your chance. Go to our social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook and our official website, sidetrack.stream, to enter to win. Hey, and in case anyone doesn't know what Movies Anywhere has done for the home movie market, they're the ones that wrangled all the services into one giant pot. For example, if you buy a movie on iTunes, it'll still show up in your Voodoo account. If you buy something on Amazon, it'll still show up in your Google account. They're all paired up now because of Movies Anywhere. That way you don't have to log into like five or six different accounts. It's all in one account now. It's pretty brilliant. That's pretty awesome. I love it. To sign up for a free account, just go to moviesanywhere.com to register. We want to thank everyone for listening. We love you all. And until next time, stay safe.